Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of LTTK. Let's toast to knowledge. It's Ololade here and we are still doing culture series. I must say that this is the final, the grand finale of our culture series. We've covered quite a number of countries, India, Pakistan, Russia, Germany, Kenya, Zimbabwe. So you could check all of those episodes out. And today we are going to Nigeria my home country i'm super excited <laughs> and i have three of my friends here with me nigeria is a very huge country and i think one of the reasons why i'm doing this episode is to kind of like break the stereotype of africa being one country so even in nigeria we have different cultures and i'm covering three of the main cultures that we have in nigeria for this i have jessica representing the Hausa culture i have ayotunde from the yoruba tribe and of course ugona from the Igbo tribe. I'm super excited and yes, welcome to LTTK, you guys. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Fine. Fine. Thank you, Lolade. Thank you. Fine. Great. So let's just start off. Ugona, I'll start with you. Obviously, from your name, you're Igbo. So introduce yourself and tell us what your name means and who named you. Thank you so much. So there is a story behind my name and it's a very interesting one. So guys, my father, right? My father as a young man decided to travel all the way from the north to go back to the east to find his missing rib, right? So now getting to the east, he had gone everywhere and he couldn't just find that perfect, that ideal woman that would be able to take him to the next level. And so his friend just decided that, oh, guy, we need to go and eat. So they got to a restaurant, you know, when they got to the restaurant, he saw a nice lady walking around and he was like, that's where my heart belongs. <laughs> now, before we knew what was happening, boom, they had the first child. At that point, my dad was not really making like some cool cash. He was not really stable. So they gave the first child Day, which means God day, literally. Mm. You know, by the mm-hmm. time my mom, you know, fully integrated into my father's life, they had the second child and things had started working as planned. And so he named the second child Chia Gozie, which means mm-hmm. God has blessed me. Mm-hmm. Now, by the time the third child, we are preparing for the third child, everything was in place. And my father was looking for something that, you know, even when he's gone, they'll be like, this one is from Mr. Chebe. And so, when the third child came, if you watch Lion King, you would notice that the way they carried the lion there. You know, so my father carried me and he was crying. It was emotional. I was like, this is my son. And I'm going to call him Ugona because Ugona literally means father's pride. So that's the way What a very pride. interesting story. Wow. You took us on a, on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. I, I don't think that I have that fascinating story. Of course not. I don't know if Jessica does. But Jessica, you want to tell me about your name? Your name is, is it English? Is it biblical? I'm not even sure. So just tell me, what is your name? What's the reason behind them naming you? And do you have a traditional house name that you bear? And yeah, tell me about that. Okay, so my name is um, Jessica. And I heard that... When it was like time for my naming ceremony, my parents were not really sure what to name me. So they kind of just called one of my aunts and they're like, what name? And then she was like, oh, Jessica. And then um, Jessica means, is a Hebrew, is a Hebrew name and it means God beholds. Um, some people say it means God is looking. 
Mm. Uh, so that was the name I was given. So growing up, I didn't really have a northern name. I didn't have a name, like a tribal name. So um, after my secondary school, I asked my grandmom to give me one. And so she gave me Nubwa. And Nubwa is, um, is a gift that came at the right time. Like, you know, when you're expecting something. Like, so that's, that's the name yeah so cute you guys have really amazing names <laughs> and then finally we'll go to ayotunde ayotunde yeah. is from my tribe by the way so you're by your exactly. but i'm not so going now. to influence anything she will talk i will listen <laughs> so i am exactly now i'm like okay do i have such an interesting name everyone has given such an interesting story mm-hmm. about their names um basically the meaning of my name is joy has come again um maybe the again means because um, my elder brother and my elder sister also have joy, joy in their names. So it's like, okay, I'm the last one. Again, there is joy again. Joy has come again. So there's really not so much backstory <laughs> to my mm-hmm. name. Cool. Yeah. So since we're talking about the joy, 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 I would imagine that we have some popular Yoruba names that's in a family. Ah, somebody must be a name. So tell me, tell me one or two names, and then we'll go to Gona and Jessica. Tell me. Um, I think that maybe most names that begin with Ayo, they're hard to tell, but they are very common in Yoruba families. I don't know. Mm-hmm. For example, I still have other Ayo names. I have Ayola, you know, so <laughs> which is apparently my second name. But mm-hmm. um, I, I would, I, I don't know, like generally what other names are common like that in the Yoruba culture, but I feel like a lot of names that start with, with the prefix Ayo mm-hmm. are quite common in Nigerian homes. I must add, there's also Ola Wealth, Ola uh, Ola Dele, <laughs> uh, Ola De, uh, Ola yes. Oton, yes. Ola yes. Shekinika, yes. Shekinika. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Anyway. I have an aunt with that name as well, with Ola Tunde. Mm-hmm. I mean, her version is Ola Tunde. Mine is Ayo Tunde. Has Ola Tunde. So, yeah. Cool. Ogona, how about you? Yeah, there are some really popular names. You know, there's one that you always hear, and that's Ada. Ah. You know, so for girls, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, if, you, if you don't yeah. know any Ada, I think you're in trouble. So Ada mm-hmm. is usually given to the first child. You know, yeah. of a family, so they give them Ada, and then some other popular the first ones. First female child, right? Yes, the first female child, and then some other popular ones. You'd hear Emeka. You know, you hear, please stay away from Emeka. They are not really nice guys. Oh, you know, really? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So you hear Emeka. You could hear Chukode. You know, you hear Nonsu. You know, so these yeah. are just some some common names there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jessica, how about you? Um, I think in the north generally, you might hear names like um maybe Aisha, Zina. I was going to say for sure. That. <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. Many Aishas. Yeah, the Aishas and the Zainabs, they are mm-hmm. quite common. I agree. My cousin is bearing Aisha. Yeah, and <laughs> Mohammed for the for the meal for the Mohammed. Yeah, Mohammed or oh, Abdul. Yeah. Abdul. Uh, uh, Abdul. Uh, my cousin is Abdul. My cousin is Mohammed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About Musa. Yeah. Yeah. There's Musa as well. Well, I feel like Mohammed and Abdul are more um popular. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's move to something else. Now let's talk about misconception. We all have stereotypes from each of our cultures right 
starting with you, Jessica, there's a stereotype about the Hausa people that they are very dirty. To what extent is this true? And what would you like to clarify? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I feel like um, I would not disagree 100% and I would not agree 100% because people make their judgments based on what they see, right? Or what they, the way information is being transferred. So for example, if you're staying with a Hausa person that is maybe your security or something, like you might make the judgment of Hausa people based on that person, right? Mm -hmm. So I would not generally say, yes, that is true. And I would also not say, no, that is not true because any smoke, they say fire, something like that. Okay, Mm -hmm. so in the North, I feel like um, one of the problems is because of the poverty level, like on the literacy level, we tend to find people like, begging or like they don't really take care of themselves like kind of so they i would say that there's an art of truth to what the people are saying here but then i would also say that that same note you find the extremely clean people like the really really like the really really clean people for example my grandmom she, she she's extremely neat to a fault so it's just it's just that yes because on our population were so many so i think they the hygiene i wouldn't say that they consider it as extremely important but they i wouldn't say that all like it's, it's a whole thing yeah uh-huh. Guna, back to yeah, you. So I think one one misconception people have about the Igbos, right? Okay. And I think this has been pushed further by the media, is that you know we like doing blood money. You know, <laughs> that is we like killing we like killing our siblings or our mother or our father to go and do blood money. And I really don't know where people got this from. I am. <laughs> we not watch saying, movies. Though. Is that yes, what's so happening? exactly. So <laughs> you know. You know, and this is what this is what we call the dangers of a single story because mm. probably this yeah. happens. This happened definitely. This has happened right in the past where people mm-hmm. have, you know, sacrificed and quotes, you know, their, their their parents, their loved ones, you know, to earn wealth. Right? It has definitely happened, but I wouldn't say this is a common trend. But I feel that because of the way the Nollywood, you know, have pushed this narrative, like. People will just look at you and they'll be like, "Oh, you're from you're from an Ambrasli." That be, oh, in the blood money, you know. And it's crazy, it's crazy. And another one, another one that gets me emotional. If you notice, I'm an emotional guy. You are. That gets, <laughs> is that you know you now hear that you know you cannot marry an Igbo man that has his mother that is alive. And, well, know, I heard like, that too, and that especially if you're the first child. Yeah. Know, and, yeah, we're gonna for sure. That's that's something we've heard, and it's something that scares a lot of women. You know, close your ears. Like I don't know where you guys hear this is from. Like when people say, "Oh, this is," they'll be like, "Oh, is your is your mother alive?" And I'm like, "Yes." Yeah. They'll be like, "Oh, I'm not necessarily interested again." And I'm like, "Oh, so you want my mother to die, and you want yours to be alive?" Like, I really don't get where people get this misconception. I just feel that. Just like um, Jessica mentioned, right, that, you know, 
it's not as if the um people are not you know what they say they are but i just feel like we also have good people and we have bad people so it doesn't mean that you know everybody in the Igbo land is like that i just feel that because the way the narrative has been projected in the media okay. you know it has uh-huh. escalated and everybody now feels like that is generalized. the ideal story of this that's the generalized story so i think those are the two major ones that come to mind right now mm-hmm. It's a yeah, very but how about the point. one that you guys are very hardworking and that you can go to the ends of the earth to make money? And that this is one stereotype I heard that evil people, if you go to the farthest place in the, the world, world where you will nobody, find you'll find an evil person. They are very resourceful. So that is not a misconception. That is a fact. You know, whenever you see us, Wherever you know that, you know, people need to do the hardest work, you know, you find an Igbo man there. If you don't find an Igbo man there, you see an Igbo woman there. Ah, there's <laughs> also the, the misconception that Igbo men take care of their wives. Ah, that is not, that is a fact. Facts. Oh, exactly. You know. That's why I was really loving up on Igbo men at some point, because, you know, who doesn't want to be taken care of? I know. See, I think, I think, I think where they got that from, you know, evil men just believe that, you know, I need to have my wife taken care of. She doesn't need to worry. Let me worry for her. And if you notice, guys, now this is like secret. If you notice, that is why. That is why most Igbo men die early. It's because of heart attack. Uh, how, how will you say? How will you say you want to take care of a woman's needs? Even Jesus, even Jesus, finds it difficult doing that. Is it that? No. We'll, we'll talk about this some other time. We'll talk about this some other time. <laughs> but I, admire, I admire Igbo people a lot, a yeah. lot. I don't know why. At some point, I started learning Igbo, actually, the language. Oh, and I there. have quite a number of Igbo friends. It's really amazing. I love the culture. So quickly, <laughs> before we move to another topic, Ayotunde, it's left for you. The misconception, the stereotype. I think one that comes to mind is that Yoruba people are lazy and they just like to attend. Lazy party. and they are, they are coward. Exactly. Uh, and so that they are coward. Tell us and about that. that. They like to eat a lot of pepper, that we put pepper in everything. You want the smoothie, they put pepper. You want this, <laughs> they put pepper. <laughs> so, um, about um, Yoruba people being lazy and being cowards, I would say it's a huge lie. I mean, especially from my own point of view. And also the kind of circle, you know, um, that I grew up with in, right? It's, I have a lot of, I had working people around me and uh, I don't know where that actually came from. And the cowardness, maybe because, you know, there's a lot of talking and I, I don't know, they say like, okay, you're a rapper who just like to brag and talk and shout and scream, but they never insult. do anything. Hey! Insult, exactly. Has a Yoruba person insulted you before in Yoruba? Yeah, I, I, grew family. Family. I grew up in Ibadan, so I'm quite used to that, and I can also insult. <laughs> it's something I had to grow up with because you can't watch people insult you and not be able to say something back. So it's like survival of the fittest. Um, well, maybe the one of insult is yeah, maybe partially true, but I would say it's only uh, peculiar to some places like Oyo State and things like that. The people in my area, they say they are vulgar. They say anything and they just act like they didn't say anything. So, But the one about pepper, I've met many Yoruba people that don't eat pepper. <laughs> and 
I I mean I don't put pepper in my smoothie. I don't put pepper in my puff. I don't put pepper in <laughs> things that people. I mean unimaginable things that people say that you know, that people like to do. The O and pepper maybe partially yes because I have O and pepper blood in me. I love to party, um, and I have many people who like to party around me. But it's the same way that definitely not everyone would like to party. There are some people that are really conservative and like their attendance or want their parties. So um, I would say, like you said, Jessica, there's no smoke without fire. So there's some kind of truth to uh, some of the stereotypes, and sometimes they're not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about this? What about this? I noticed this about your people, especially people that come from Ibadan or grew up in Ibadan. Mm-hmm. You know they can argue they would never meet, lose an argument number one number two anything regarding <laughs> scholarships anything regarding scholarships oh you want to go for a scholarship you want to have a scholarship and leave nigeria ibadan people that ah, but, but i think you got it wrong i think it's basically um ondo and Ekutu people they say that about that we're very stubborn i'm actually from Ondo state that we're very stubborn and about scholarships there are a lot of scholarships in my area or that they get a lot of scholarships because apparently they are very smart and that in every household there's a professor which is kind of true yeah. <laughs> yes I, that's the one i know i don't know about all your people they say that they are very lazy that's mm-hmm. the part where people got the laziness whatever the lazy stereotype from that all your people are very lazy they don't know anything more than selling things and eating a mala and arguing or chatting or talking and partying for that yeah i don't know <laughs> which is also kind of a lie the oldest standing university in the southwest is in that also i don't know <laughs> if that mm-hmm. makes any sense oh just quickly i think that you're from ondo jessica where are you from mm-hmm. exactly i'm from borno state where are you from mm-hmm. ogona I'm proudly Anambra. Anambra. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you about your favorite hobby. And then you will tell me this in your language. Whoa. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I'll give you some time to think about it. So what's your favorite hobby? How think about, about people who cannot, who cannot speak their uh, dialect? No, no, no. You don't have to go to dialects. Because in Yoruba culture now for example we have the general yoruba the yoruba jumolo the oh, yoruba okay, jile okay, okay. i don't even know it's gone even you okay, do you know it i guess it. Yeah. i understand my dialect i don't speak it uh i don't even understand or even hear i don't know if if i see <laughs> someone speaking the ijebu dialect now i don't even know that it is my own because i never <laughs> ever interacted with it at any point so jessica ugona are you guys ready I'll start with Ayatunde this time around. So Ayatunde, tell me about your favorite hobby quickly. In, <laughs> Yoruba. in Yoruba. Mofero Latima Jel. Mofero Latima Noso Di. Mofero Ariya Atefe Yeye. Kajo Kayo. Kalari. And yeah. Like, I saw my Yoruba, my Yoruba is way better than this. I don't know it what is. I'm just on the spot. It sounds boring. Uh, no, but my Yoruba is way better than this. <laughs> okay, so in English, what did you say? Um, I said I like to eat and I like to party. I like to make merry and have fun to be happy and dance. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Ugona. Ehe na atolo mu uto. Atolo mu uto. We na wegu. In a wegu flavor. Ai, ona si ona some cause so boemu ekuchagum. So basically, so basically what I said is what is most interesting to me, what sweets me in the heart is listening to music, especially that of flavor. Oh, that's right. Yay! <laughs> because you have flavor now, it's the way you happy. No, but I said it. I said he likes to listen to flavor. Yeah, oh, okay. I didn't hear that part. Jessica, how about you? Okay, um, in a song, how and do say, Kuma in a song, Zoma Agida, Bana, um, Chika Sum Mutani Dewa, like in a song, come on, Kawaiina, the family, Ina. Okay, so I said, I believe when any other person hears this, don't come after me. <laughs> I said, I like, um, I was looking for hiking in Hausa. I like hiking, yeah. but I couldn't find so I, was, I said, I like climbing the mountains, and then I like, um, being staying at home, like, I don't really like going out too much. And then no. I, I love being with my family, yeah, those are my hobbies. Oh, super nice. Like for me, I find it very fascinating that even in this one country, this so-called country that they call Nigeria, we have this huge diversity. Just look at three of you. One spoke Yoruba and went to the south. <laughs> the other two people went to the north. The language is not to sound alike. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it doesn't even sound anywhere alike, you know. And for me, I find it very fascinating. And to be honest, I have a personal bias for Hausa. I had always mm-hmm. wanted to speak Hausa language. I find it really, it's so interesting to listen to. I don't know. Igbo, Igbo speakers are very emotional. I don't know if you guys listen to this. Uh, Obimo, Obimo. Don't you know? Don't yeah, you know? I do. <laughs> like, yeah. See how, see how uh, Ebuka that was um, rendering the eulogy, uh-huh. eulogizing his wife. It was so beautiful. And like, Talugo one. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really super interesting. <laughs> okay. So, just a little question about the language. I'll start from you, Ugona. That ego that I just spoke, does it vary from? the different Igbo states or is there like a general Igbo that is spoken and then dialects have their different yes so like each state each state there's a different dialect right mm-hmm. but you know there is you can definitely draw similarities for instance um let me use a name called Ebele I don't know what I've heard the name Ebele Ebele means mercy so in some other dialects it's gonna be Ebere they understand yeah so the the l there changed to an r you know so rather than a belly some people say a berry depending on where you come from you understand it's the same as a berry yes it's the same thing as a berry yeah so a belly a berry a berry you know depending so Uh different dialects you know they pronounce things differently so yes and there's like a general there's a we call it like central ego Mm-hmm. Right, so that's just one that you know people can easily um hear. But there are some Igbo dialects that you know someone that can even speak proper Igbo they don't even understand. So that's it, basically. Mm-hmm. Jessica, how about you? Well, I feel 
I am not so sure about this, but because we all generally do not speak Hausa, I know that like in the deep parts, like I just don't even know what they used to say like when they are speaking the language, but like but I don't, I haven't really noticed any like difference per se in how we speak. So we have almost say the same thing. Okay, I actually yeah, of course, uh, for Yoruba people, there's a central Yoruba language that is understandable or that everyone can understand, I guess. That's the traditional Yoruba that I spoke. And mm-hmm. varying from state to state, and sometimes even villages, then they have dialect. For example, my dialect, I understand. I cannot speak and it sounds way harder than Yoruba. Sometimes, I mean, the only reason why I understand it is because I grew up with my grandma and she made it a duty to talk to me in my dialect. So otherwise, um, yeah, that's it. Cool. We're running out of time. I'm sure you can see. (laughs) So quickly, I want to address marriage because I think it's very different and fascinating. I will start with Ugona because I know that the Igbo culture is very, very unique. So Ugona, quickly tell me about the process for getting married in Igbo culture quickly, briefly, in a minute or less, if possible. Yeah? So so so, yeah. so getting married in the Igbo culture, and I like the way you're pronouncing it because that's the right pronunciation. You know, people say Igbo, Igbo is actually Igbo, you know, so that's actually correct. So I know that um the the, the, the activity or the the what, what do we call it again? bride price you know that's like one of the first stage it happens in the house of the girl so mm-hmm. it's usually the groom or yes the groom his family you know they come to the girl's house you know they talk to the parents and they tell them that you know we're interested in getting married to your daughter when the daughter comes out and then she tends to like agree then the next stage is that they now share with them like um what do they call it um bride price right mm-hmm. all the things they're going to get for the girl so basically that's what it that's what it's all about and then for the wedding the wedding usually takes place in the house of the girl mm-hmm. right the wedding takes place in the house of the girl so when they're done with the wedding then the man will now carry his wife his new wife back to his house but we've seen that that has been changing over you know recent times because most times or when this happened before people usually do like the introductions and everything they go back to the village to where they're coming from and do it but right now i think because of um um the distance the insecurities in the country you know people can even do it wherever they are you know so mm. i think that's that, that's it basically okay i was going to ask a question about the duration um how long will this take from the process from the time that the bride the groom says i've seen a beautiful flower in your family i want to pluck her to the day that he carries the beautiful flower to his own family to live what's the duration typically i don't really think there is a duration you know it depends on you know you know, by the time he does that and the lady agrees, you know, they'll go talk, oh, when do we want to do the wedding? I think it's more of an individual thing. I don't personally think there's a timeline to all these things, even mm-hmm. though most people prefer to do like their weddings in December. And the major reason why, because if you notice, there are lots of weddings in December, especially in the East. And the major reason why people do that is it gives them time for maybe their relatives all over the world. You know, we are always everywhere in the world. So it gives them time to actually come back, right? Mm-hmm. It gives um, people to bring their various relatives. So it's more of like a gathering point where people can meet and, you know, like interact so And, you know, so that the wedding will be full. We, we people like it, you know, like full, that kind of thing. 
So I think the first step is the introduction. That's when the daughter finally introduces the guy that she intends to marry to her own family. And after the introduction is the traditional marriage. The traditional marriage is similar to the door knocking in the evil culture, I guess. So that's when after they know about the guy now, he's now officially recognized to come and ask for a hand in marriage. Like that's the lady in question's hand uh, for marriage. And usually some people do that on separate days, but nowadays some people just do and merge everything together. Um, then after the introduction, so no, I'm sorry, during the traditional marriage, that's when the bride price and every whatever, every yawo and all those sincerity mm-hmm. is done. And after that, then they add the white wedding, which is not really like a tradition for yeah, it's a staple now. Everyone does it, so um, yeah, it's really in three stages and they are pretty expensive. And so it's usually the the female's family that's in charge of throwing the party. But in cases that the female's family is not buoyant enough then the husband's family weighs in and all of that but usually it's the you know, in the yoga culture it's the female family that chose the party yeah just wanted to add that this is one aspect that i don't understand i don't understand why is the female is the bride's family that ties the burden of the wedding on their head mm-hmm. i don't know why but <laughs> yeah. but i know what i can say is that these days both families come to a conclusion that okay the bride will take care of this aspect of the wedding you take care of that aspect because otherwise it's ridiculously expensive and it's it feels mm-hmm. unfair because the, the bride is going to another family anyway i think it's it should be the other way around anyway. well i i think it's because of the visitor host whatever uh well complexity in the case because mm-hmm. the, in this case is the is the, the bride family is the host you remember we're not going to the uh, to the groom's family to ask for anybody they are coming to us to ask for my own hand if i'm the bride for example so i'm the host my family is the host so when you have agreed to let someone into your family then you celebrate them them I see. and then you welcome them kind of <laughs> and break the bank <laughs> I have a question. I have a question. So, you know, like I was I was speaking to some of my elderly friends, right? I was speaking to some, some of our elderly friends, and this is about marriage. You know, and, you know, they said that, you know, if you notice more Yoruba people, right, they have children about their age. So you notice that more Yoruba children, they have maybe children in their 20s, and then they're probably their 30s, right? And then for the Igbos, I'm talking about the men. And then for the Igbo men, you know, you notice that they are 50 years old. And then their children is like four years old and so the woman was now like saying that the reason why this is because that yoruba people right in the in the tradition it's more like when a man sees a woman he wants to marry right it is the responsibility of the family to host the wedding right so yeah. they don't really have so much financial burden but in the Igbo culture as she told me when a man wants to get married it is his responsibility to manage or to handle that wedding so that's why you see more Igbo people getting married late even though right now a lot of things have changed you know once a man wants to get married the family supports but they said that that used to be the case i just wanted to find out is that actually true with the yoruba culture 
Yeah, I think also going back to the whole, uh, what's named o host and visitor, whatever complexity, it's like, yeah, maybe the man has less responsibility, but doesn't mean that he doesn't have at all. And now that we're having more and more modern weddings, as Lola they said, the um, responsibilities are split now. And so it's mm-hmm. not only about the woman now, it's also about the man weighing in at least. And also, if you want to have respect in your bride's family, per se, now, quote and unquote, it's always nice that you weigh. So a lot of your women, even if, um, except they are just lazy and shameless, I don't know. <laughs> you would not just go and Give sit it, somewhere yeah. and just sit there and just not, you know, do anything your weight or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So Jessica, quickly, how about you? What's the process for getting married in the house of culture? Okay, so in house of culture, they have like the first, you know, like asking a girl out, that's um, for your hand in marriage. In house, we call it tambaya. Tambaya means to ask out mm-hmm. or to ask for something. So that, the I think I recently learned that it's divided into two. So the first class is where just a few people from the groom side just go to the family to like ask them or oh, we have interest in your daughter and then there's a bigger part of the tambaya where um they go again with the bride um okay so they go again they bring salt cola nuts and um like materials so the salt once they bring salt for you it means that your hand someone has asked for your hand and they distribute the salt to like yeah to be like bags of salt here yeah. and so they distribute it to the people in the village or in the church or something with maybe sweet so once they just do this we just know that oh Jessica or somebody is going to get married soon in that family and so in the introduction um usually they'll, they'll so when it's time to ask okay who is the person you're going to get married to in the family they'll bring like let's say like three different girls they'll cover their faces and then they'll ask you is this your bride and then you'll be like, you know, your, your bride obviously most likely be the last person. And then they'll bring another person. Is she the one? They say no. And then they'll take the cap off. Are you sure? She'll turn around. She's not the one. She's not the one. And then finally, your bride comes. And then they hope that you can recognize your bride. And then so after the temper is done, they now do the marriage, whole marriage plans and everything, mm-hmm. the traditional and all. Then, um, so the thing about the North is the, like, not like the Yoruba culture, the groom takes the responsibility for the most part for the wedding. And then there's something we do, like in the North, the bride, especially from Amergi, oh, that's something I need to clarify. Not all Northerners are Hausa. We speak Hausa, but we are not Hausa. So, mm. um, so the, from the Mergi, I'm from Mergi. So what we do is when we get married, the bride furnishes the whole house so she takes down everything the guy had takes out the chairs the curtains every single thing and she comes in with her own furniture and so that's how the thing is like split and all but i mean now i've been modified like culture wise doesn't make any sense if the person has his own already so that's what we're doing you know he has to come with boxes of clothes like you know the set of boxes fill it with materials in our ways, different things for the bride here. Quickly, what's the difference between Hausa and Fulani? Fulani, they're also a subset of people. Like Fulani, they're like, um, how, how do I explain it? They speak, they have their own language, mm-hmm. but then they have, and then they, um, they are not usually 
known to a particular location so they tend to migrate a lot so you can find the flani your own side as well so yeah mm. but yeah they, they have full food as their language okay so i know i mean they always say that the fulani brides are like the most beautiful very fair <laughs> long hair <laughs> and stuff like that it's so beautiful ah. Anyway, <laughs> the house culture. Okay. Um. Finally, so Ugona, would you tell me what is one thing that is considered disrespectful in your culture, in the Igbo culture? So, if someone who is maybe Yoruba does this thing, you'll be like, ah, no, don't do, don't try it. Tell me. So I, I I have three of them that comes to mind. So I'm gonna rush through them. Okay. You know, the, the most common one is using akebe. So akebe means your left hand. You know, if they want to give you something and you bring your left hand to collect it, mm. they would slap the hand away. You mm-hmm. know, like it's it's disrespectful. So that's just like a common one. And you know, you they usually, especially with children, you know, they tend to like try to like train them that way that you know using the left hand is a bad thing. You know. Mm. Then the second one is marrying an osu. So osu means an outcast. You know, you know, back in the days, you know, mm. like maybe depending on what crime a person or the family commits you know they will tag the person as an usu you know so you cannot marry from an usu it's a taboo it's an country, an abomination <laughs> you know and then the last one which i actually got to notice recently was you know anyone that commits a suicide in the Igbo land it is frowned upon you know so it's not just frowned upon by men they say that even the gods would reject your body even the gods would reject your body so it's frowned upon by the gods and by men because we believe that a man that is alive has hope to do anything he wants thank you very much gonna we can use you for um all this storytelling Yes, I'm back now. I don't know. Something just took me out of the chat. I don't know. Okay, no worries. So, quickly, what is considered disrespectful in the Yoruba culture that you would want to clarify or let us know? Hey, calling elderly people by their names and looking into their eyes when they are talking to you. Hey, hey, it's the highest (laughs) level of disrespect (laughs) amongst Yoruba people. And your black people are very particular about their respect and titles. So if someone is doctor something, don't go there and say Mr. Something. Or if the person is way older than you, especially even if you don't know them and they are like the uncle to your father or the brother to your... So, there's so many relatives that you don't even know, but they expected to give them respect the same way you give respect to your father or your uncle so it's mm-hmm. like respect to the especially when addressing people and also looking into the eyes of people is greatly frowned upon hmm. thank you so jessica would wrap okay. up that question with you so i was actually like i don't even know if there's a particular thing that i have seen in the north that is considered disrespectful maybe because i don't really interact much but i know one thing is um you know like the reverence for the name of god allah you can't mm-hmm. just like use it <laughs> you can't just say things anyhow and just say like allah or something like that but um why i said that was because i remember when i was growing up my 
had so I, I wanted my dad to give me a pen or something like he was reading the newspaper and I wanted a pen and so I was like um them daddy domin Allah kabani pen and then he was instead of don Allah kabani pen the difference is domin Allah is like saying because of God give me a pen don Allah like faster kind of is like please can I have a pen do you understand so my dad was so peace he's like why are you saying because of God give me a pen or something like that like he was like you have to be able to know so like I feel like you you have to just be very careful like with the mm-hmm. you know, because house people are a little bit religious so um you have to be very careful with that but i don't really know one thing in particular that i would say they consider to be like very disrespectful yeah it still goes down to like religion and all yeah mm-hmm. okay cool so i think we have come to the end of this episode i had to keep it short and sweet um so i'd like to say thank you to all three of you for joining me in today's episode i've learned quite a lot about even nigeria right and this is not even nigeria you just met or for those listening you are just interacting with three different cultures and there's more there are so many other subcultures there's the ethic ibibio it's a lot i don't even know all of it so if anything i want you to know that there's so much you can learn by interacting with people and getting to know where they are from asking very interesting questions to get to know them better that's the purpose of my podcast and this is the grand finale for the culture series never stop learning never stop growing never stop sharing and keep in mind that what you know is never enough okay so thank you everyone i'll see you in my next episode and merry christmas to you compliments of the season see you next year christmas Thank Bye. you very much. Bye. Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 Santa's here. Ho, ho, ho. Oh my God. Oh. What Nkemjika means, what Nkemjika means, it means that my own is more than enough. Nkemjika. So, 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 this is it. This is it. Lolade, you're going to be in Kemwa Maka, which means that my own is beautiful. Then Ayotunde in Kemjika, which means that my own is more than enough. And Jessica, for you have a special name. Let's, let's wrap it to Jessica. Kemdilim. So in Kemdilim means that I am content with my own. So, okay. so, 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 guys, this is the trick right now. This is the trick. I want you guys to hear this now. The plan is to have give birth to three children. And those will be their names. Nkemwamaka, Nkemdilim, and Nkemjika. Now, why are we giving them that, those names? Now, this is the secret now. You know, children are kind of like fun. So, when you buy something for them, they always want to compare. So, once they are comparing, if my first child is Lola, there, she's now messing up. I'm like, Lola, come. You know when I bought you this gift? Why do you think I bought it for you? When whatever she says, I'll not be like, Lord, your name is Nkemwamaka, which means my own is beautiful. I bought this because your own is the most beautiful. And then hey. I'll move to the second child. Stop. And I'll say, Nkemjika, you know, second child children, they're kind of like, you know, they're very greedy. They want what is for the first and they want to receive that pleasure from the, from the third. So I'll say, Nkemjika, what does your name mean? Your own is more than enough. I bought this because it's like the biggest. <laughs> and then the last child, Nkemdilim, Nk, my own is enough. I was saying, Nkemdilim, from your name, the gift is just enough for you. And that way, 
Gunna will be able to resolve children conflict. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming to our behind the scenes TED talk. <laughs> Signing out. Gunna, <laughs> <Thank laughs> <you. laughs>